Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. And today, we're going to talk about what is wrong with our society. Okay, that's a little bit of an overstatement, but I do make that claim in the episode. And when I say we, you know it. My wife has stopped by, and we discuss what are the benefits of engaging in conversations where you disagree with the other person's opinion. Let's kick it off. This is The Joe Martino Show. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome back. I hope that your day is going well wherever your day is. Uh, Good news for you. My wife has stopped by once again to join us. Go ahead and say hi, Erica. Hello. And today we're going to talk about how do we tolerate distress? We're going to share a real life story from one of our daughters who might come on sometime when she can share her side of this story. Uh, and, And it's not a complete story yet. Like we don't really know how the story turned out because part of it, the events happened on this very day that we're recording. And so I'm sure I'll, I'll check back in and, and maybe I'll share with you guys what happened in the future. So, so here's the thing. And Erica, we can just kind of talk this out. We've not really scripted this much. Uh, Recently, our daughter came to us and, and she's in a class, I think it's on public speaking or debate. debate. And one of the kids in her class is going to talk about how you can treat ADHD without medicine. One of our daughter's friends is on ADHD medicine and is just mortally offended that this kid's going to talk. And so they're going to go to the principal or to the teacher, teacher. Yeah. and get permission for our daughter's friend to sit in the hallway because she's really uncomfortable hearing this speech on and why you can treat ADHD without medicine because she's found medicine to work for her. And I'm just going to tip my cards. If, if you, this is your first time ever listening to this show, uh, this might come as a shock to you. For people who've listened for a long time, this won't be a shock to you. This is what's wrong with America. This is literally what's wrong with our society. You have to be able to endure and regulate yourself and hear things that you don't like. That's what free speech is. So I was already home. My daughter and my wife walk in and I kind of came into this mid-conversation. So my daughter's like, well, she's just really uncomfortable. So my question is, well, okay, where do you run that out? So she's uncomfortable about that. And there's a book that talks about how there were students that sued their law professor because he talked about rape in class and they shouldn't have to sit through that. Mind you, they're learning to be litigators. And so my daughter's like, well, that's necessary for learning. And so then my question is, okay, well, where does this come up? And essentially my daughter's argument, who she's a junior, she's a senior in high school. uh, She's a senior in high school. Her argument was, hey, you know what? She's uncomfortable. She shouldn't have to sit through it. Obviously you disagreed with that because as you were walking in your district, jump in here at any point. Uh, But I I do think there's value for us. Like we have to be able to engage ideas that we disagree with as a society. And we're we're not, we're not teaching that. We're losing out on it and it's bothersome. Well, I made a comment to her, which I think upset her a little bit. Like, honey, this, that's not real life. Like in real life, you are going to constantly come up against people who disagree with you. Joe, no, I think he's mentioned on here before. He jokes, I'm a hippie, right? He thinks I'm a hippie because I love essential oils and I will often choose to use that over medication sometimes. I mean, mostly because you are a hippie. Yeah, go ahead. Because I choose to use essential oils sometimes or natural approaches. There are people out there that would strongly disagree with me. And you have to get to a point where you can tolerate people disagreeing with you and thinking, great, they can have their opinion and I can respect their opinion and also continue doing what I'm doing. So for this girl, like, sweetheart, use your ADHD meds, but you should also 
be able to build up the stress tolerance to sit and listen to someone who has a very different opinion than you. I actually think that's how growth happens. That's how we sometimes even change our mind about something because yep. we hear what somebody else has to say and they might offer an opinion we're not comfortable with, but it causes us to think and change. And that's a good thing. If, right. if you avoid all that, guess what? There's no growth or change. Right. And I think the problem there is as, as our daughter was like, well, she's uncomfortable. Yeah. But why is comfort the number one value? We seem to value fear, anger, and comfort above everything else in our society. And so if you're pro mask or you were pro mask during the pandemic, I just can't talk to people that that don't believe in wearing masks. Or if you're anti-mask, well, I just can't talk to people that believe in wearing masks. To which I would always say to people, well, why? And if they were like, well, they're not making logical sense. Okay. I I can get behind that. I just, they they won't listen. Okay. What does that mean? Well, they won't come off of their opinion. That's crazy to me that we're creating a society where, well, if I'm uncomfortable, that trumps your right to have an opinion and to talk about it. And usually we clean that up a little bit. We, We cover it up a little bit and people say things like, well, you can have your opinion, but I don't have to listen to it. Well, in an academic setting, you actually do. If, if you're in a debate class, you actually do. And I don't know how it happened. I hope that the teacher said, no, too bad. You need to sit in the classroom. If he or she didn't, they did those students a disservice. I'd agree. And I give her the example of even the vaccine. I mean, you and I have some really good friends and we had many, many conversations about the vaccine. Yeah. And you and I were on one side and they were on, well, the wife was more on the other side. But we ended up coming to a mutual place and hearing each other out and different arguments. And it was fine. And we learned through it. They learned through it. And it helped our friendship grow. I don't, I think they would say that. I don't think it hurt anything. And so you miss out on those opportunities when you avoid situations because they're uncomfortable or because it's something you don't want to hear. And I think I worry as a society, even as I see kids, if they don't like something or they don't want to hear it, they just disengage because we're not doing a very good job teaching our children that it's okay to be in distress yes. and it's okay to have to process that distress. Yeah, and, and I've even had this work out in my life when the government went after the Washington Redskins, which is a professional football team, about changing their name. I thought it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. I was like, like they have drawn, like they have all sorts of Indian names or native names or original or my names. my Indians happen to become the Guardians. Right. Well, well, that's a, to me is a little bit different than the Redskins argument. Uh, because what I didn't know was the Redskins argument, or at least the word, the term Redskins, somebody said to me, well, how would you feel if it was the Mississippi insert N-word? And I was like, well, obviously I wouldn't be for that. And they're like, well, the Redskin nickname was the equivalent of that during Cowboys and Indians times of America. And I looked it up and sure enough, that is true. That was a derogatory term, right? And so like, here I am engaging in a conversation with someone that I don't agree with on a lot of stuff. To be honest with that particular person, it's probably 50-50. But I was like, you know, I don't know. I'm going to have to stop and think about that. And that's what people lose out on. If Well, if I disagree with you, you disagree with me. Like, and, and I, so I said to my daughter, I, I said to her, I said, well, what's the harm? Well, she's uncomfortable. Yeah, but that's not harm. And that's where people get hung up. I don't like it, so it's harmful. No, it's hard. That doesn't make it harmful. But do you remember you and I were first together? I mean, I can kind of see where the kids get this from just a little bit because I was a little bit like that when I was their age. But I grew up in a very conservative denomination. Won't name the non-nomination. It was uh, Baptist. <laughs> Hey, we were going to leave that part out. We and- weren't. I don't, you got a, a mouse in your pocket? We weren't. You could. And growing up, we were completely against alcohol. And I remember you wanting to have conversations about it. I'm like, no. But when I finally started... <laughs> 
having conversations with you. It helped me see a different perspective and that perhaps what I've always been taught isn't correct about something. But my favorite illustration of that for us is when we lived in Springboro and we were driving by one time and a swap place was about to take down a massage parlor. And I was like, what a waste of resources. Like, that's just dumb. As long as everybody's there willingly and they're all adults, why do we care? And you were like, oh, I can't believe you're saying that. I'm like, no, no, I think it's wrong. I think it's morally wrong what's happening there. But I don't think that it's, if as long as everybody's consenting, there are a lot of things that I think are morally wrong that should be a law. And you were just shut that conversation down two weeks or two months later. I don't remember. It couldn't have been a whole lot longer because we didn't live there that long. I heard you arguing with your dad using my arguments on why I was right. Now, what's funny is I remember that argument happening in Salisbury, but... No, it wasn't Salisbury. It was Ohio. I don't remember you and I hanging out much in Ohio because I had two little. We weren't. We were just driving somewhere. I mean, maybe. The only reason I know it was Ohio is because I remember when I heard you on your. You were on the lower. What what, that tri level? You were in the lower level when you were talking to your dad. So. Not that I remember, but nonetheless. Yeah, given our memories, I'll I'll go with mine. (laughs) (laughs) But you see, I have a mind of an elephant. Yeah, that's true. That's not quite what I say, but it's close. But go ahead. But anyway, I think when we, because we're uncomfortable or because it's something very personal to us and we stop to engage a conversation because of that, ultimately we, we miss out. We miss out on wisdom that we could be given to us. We miss out on a growth opportunity. The truth is it's just a position of arrogance, mm-hmm. right? It's I'm right, you're wrong, I don't have to hear what you're saying. And I like that's silly. I mentioned her when I was in college. I decided to, uh, it was a very controversial subject, so I know I'm about to throw this on a podcast. But I asked my professor, I would like to do research on the benefits of co-sleeping. And she's like, well, I don't think that's a great idea because you're not going to find any research out there that could affect you great. Right? And Joe just like snapped his head. And I was like, I'm pretty confident I can find the research out there and prove my point in this debate class that co-sleeping is actually beneficial for a kid. And I did just that. I don't know if I changed her mind, but she clearly had a very strong opinion that, you know, I was not going to find the research I needed and that co-sleeping was bad. But hopefully she read it. I don't know if it changed her mind, but that's gross. That's where you get to see other people's perspective. And like you even said about the Redskins thing and like think about it like, okay, maybe there's some truth to this. Well, and even, you know, like one of the things that especially about this topic that kind of blows my mind is we're talking about two high school students who are so convinced that they're right. They can't even hear why they might be wrong. And let's be honest, there are a lot of life licensed professional mental health professionals that would hold the same view that that medicine should be the absolute last resort resort in treating ADHD. ADHD. Mm -hmm. And like they probably know a little bit more than my daughter and her friend. You know, now I don't necessarily, I'm not saying I agree with them or that anybody else has to agree with them, but we have to decide what do we lose when we kill free speech for comfort? And what do we gain by keeping free speech? Like I am concerned that we are in a place where like everybody says, I keep seeing light, hopefully that'll just get edited it out. But we're in a place where everybody agrees. That's a universal. That's a little dangerous. But almost everybody seems to agree. We can't talk about politics anymore. Why? Because we do stuff like this. Do stuff that's just stupid because, well, I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to feel he's he's attacking me. No, no, no. Not everybody who disagrees. I, I say this all the time. Not everyone who disagrees with you is a hater. And if somebody has an opinion that you don't like, listen to it and move on. Right? Like the abortion topic. It kills me how that conversation gets framed in America in 2022. There are good people who disagree on that and we're not going to move forward until we're willing to have conversations where we don't like what's being said. Well, even this young lady, well, I think it's important and hopefully the teacher is letting her or forcing her to sit in a classroom and hear something she might not agree with because guess what my job is every day? I get to sit in a room with people where I look at them like, what? 
a lot of times. I don't. I say it in my head. I am faced with that in my job every day. So depending on what career you're going into, you might also be faced with people every day that you don't share the same belief with them. Right. Right. And you have to sit in the distress of like, how can I sit in a relationship with you and help you knowing that I don't share your belief? Well, even uh, one of my favorite books is The Madness of Crowds by Douglas Murray. I'd encourage everybody to read it. Fair warning, if you tend that there, there is a decent chance that there's going to be something in there that'll offend everyone. Right. So my liberal friends are offended because he's a gay man who in his book says we haven't, we have problems in how we're handling the trans issue with kids. He, he argues that we are damaging kids. People are like, well, you're not really gay then. Like, that's insane to me. And he's like, well, my husband's over there. Now, my conservative friends are upset because he's gay and, you know, whatever. But one of the things that runs is this idea that I, because I disagree with you or you disagree with me, not everything is this moral mountain that people think they live on. And I think that's the rub that gets people in trouble is, you know, I have a friend that I know who's who's younger than me, significantly so, but still an adult. And in the last election, he was just at war with everybody. And somebody finally said to him, because he he and I are talking over coffee and somebody said to him like, hey, just relax. Like not everything is life and death. And he's like, we have an adversarial system, blah, 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 blah. Which he's not wrong in that, but it, the application is wrong. And this idea that you can't, I can't have a conversation. So like church is important to us, right? It's 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 important to our family. It is, it is something that is important to us. Our faith is important to us. I have friends that are atheists and they just think I'm wasting my time. How do we grow as a society if we can't hear opinions that we disagree with? Right, and I did text our daughter. I asked her, I said, hey, what happened in this situation? And she texted me back. The kid ended up changing his topic before we were able to talk to the teacher, which is a bummer because this was an opportunity for real education to happen, which I'm afraid doesn't much. Correct. But it we, is what it is. So everyone's so worried about being offended. Yes. Which is a whole different podcast, right? Because we can actually control what we're offended at. Right. One of the jokes that is often said in our family is nothing makes you. It invites Correct. you, right? Anytime our kids say, oh, I'm a- that made me angry. Nope, nope, nope. You felt anger. You chose to respond with it. And you can choose to be offended or not be offended. Like, it always blows my mind when people are offended about something that somebody said that they don't even know. And I'm like, well, wait, you don't even know them. Like, or even it's cancel culture light. Right. So I don't I shouldn't have to listen to this kid give a speech on treating ADHD without medicine is essentially the student's argument. I shouldn't have to listen to a pro-Trump supporter give a speech. I shouldn't have to listen to a pro-Biden supporter give a speech. And that's what's happening on college campuses. If, if a conservative shows up and everybody that we disagree with, we get to call an extremist. Once you call them an extremist, it's a wrap. We don't have to deal with it, anymore, which is stupid. So here's the thing. I want to just switch here a little bit. Here are some things that we would encourage our listeners to do. First of all, for yourself and then for your kids. Engage with people you disagree with. Have conversations with people you disagree with. And not just to prove them wrong. Engage to listen to them so that you can understand their opinion. And so think th- about their opinion. And yes. Yep. Yeah. There is a movement out there that you you listen to respond. That's hogwash. Mm-hmm. You listen to understand. And so listen. Think about their opinion. Ask questions. And don't ask counterpoint questions until you, you feel like you could you could really argue their point. One of the things I tell people all the time is pretend you're their attorney. And, and you have to be able to argue argue their case in court. In order to do that, you have to spend a lot of time listening. And if you don't do that, you're going to fail. So so start by engaging with people that you disagree with. And then encourage your kids to do that. Encourage your kids to have conversations. So like with me and my daughter, I just said to her, okay, let's just assume you're right, that she shouldn't have to sit in. Where does that end? To which my daughter said, well, what do you mean? And so I started throwing out examples. Like, okay, let's talk about law students. What about them, right? 
And and like this is not a new thing for us. I've shared this story many times. In fourth grade, I had my daughter read a book that made claims that we would not agree with. But I did it because I want I knew she was going to be a questioner and I wanted her to engage a robust uh, plethora of ideas about how the world works. And you need to encourage your kids to do that. Don't let them skip. Like, I'll be honest with you. If, if it was my daughter who was saying, I want to sit out, I would have sent the teacher an email and said, don't let her. Make her sit through it. Right. And I realized not everybody's going to agree with that as a parent approach, that's fine. But you have to consider your kids watch what you do, not what you say. So if you encourage them to engage other people, but you don't actually do it, you're, you're going to lose that one. If you do it, but you don't make them do it occasionally, you're still going to lose because that's your job as a parent is to get them to build those muscles. And, and so that's what we want you, that's what we're hoping for today with this episode. Regularly engage people that you disagree with because it will help you grow and it'll probably bring a little bit of grace. We have this thing where we're able to just somehow vilify people that we disagree with. And it's just, it's just silly. And this might sound harsh, but it's pride and arrogance. It is pride, it's pride and arrogance. I totally if you agree. think you're right on everything and you have no room to hear other people or I agree. to consider yes. growth. Yeah, it's it, yes. just arrogant. Yes. I'm so right that how dare you say something that I don't like? And why are your feelings supreme? That's always my question. Because the thing is, we know feelings are fleeting. I just read a meme today uh, where a guy said, my wife just called me and she's mad at me and she doesn't want to talk to me. And it's the other side of the meme was like, well, what did you do? Nothing. She had a dream that I did something, right? And her feelings are legit. You, you've woken up before mad at me, you said, from a dream. You legitimately feel the anger. Often. Yeah, you <laughs> legitimately feel the anger. That doesn't mean the anger is legit. And that's where people get hung up. And I did want to trace back to something. You cannot control that you feel offended. That feeling might literally come upon you. Wow, I'm offended. Yes. When we say like, you get to choose, you get, we get to choose every thought that comes into our mind. We get to hold it captive and we get to think, well, is this true? Do I have to be offended right now? Or could I look at it as somebody else expressing their opinion? I might just decide right now, I don't absolutely do not agree with it. I won't agree with it. Or I might decide like, hey, I need to chew on this a little bit and see what concludes. I come to. That's what we mean by saying you get to choose if well, you were offended. Well, I mean, longtime listeners will know I've talked about this a lot. A lot of times people believe something happens and I have a reaction to what happens. There's a middle step there that people skip over, which has been scientifically proven time and time and time and time and time again. Something happens, you have a belief about what happened and your emotion comes from that belief. So if your belief is, I should not have to engage topics that, that upset me or something that I believe in should not be allowed to be questioned, then of course you're going to be offended, right? And so now now, there are things, you know, the anti-abortionists, they believe that abortion is killing a life. And so they're going to get offended, right? The pro-abortionists, they believe that that's a woman's right. So they're going to be offended. When we can't engage those types of conversations, and make no mistake, like if you can't sit in a room and listen to a conversation as a, as a high school senior about how something you're doing isn't the only way to treat what it is you're trying to treat, that person has a high chance of becoming an adult that can't have their beliefs on anything questioned. And that's what we're creating. And that's part of what I think is wrong with, with our society today. And something that we need to change is the rub of you can hear things that you don't agree with. Anything you want to end with? I just think it causes more anxiety and depression when you actually don't allow yourself to hear things you don't agree with. Because shutting yourself down and just sticking to one belief, yeah, I just think it feeds it in you. You actually have an ability to release that. When you hear other people's opinion, because it helps your brain process and learn different things we know, the brain, right? The more we engage things that are harder, the more we engage information that we've never heard before. There's actually research out there that shows that it decreases your chance of getting like dementia yes. and Alzheimer's later in life. So there's a lot of health benefits to just engaging things that you don't Well, it's like any other muscle, right? Like this, this time of year, lots of people are going back to the gym. 
Yeah. And they haven't been to a gym in 6, 8, 10, 12, 15 months. They go back to the gym. Are you talking about me? Because I went back to the gym tonight. <laughs> no. No. But what, what happens is most people don't stick with it because they do it once or twice and it hurts. And so they stop. They overdo it. And that's the same thing with engaging ideas that we disagree with. If you create a, a, you know, a cluster where all you hear are things you agree with, and we're doing this younger and younger and younger, middle schoolers don't have to engage things that they don't agree with, right? Because mommy and daddy come rescue them, or mommy comes rescue them, daddy comes rescue them, whatever. As you make that run, what happens? That muscle atrophies. And so now you're 22 and you're, and you're working in a job. I remember one time I had a client who was 24 and she got a job at a local business that's very well known. I won't tell you what it is, but it's Amway. And she what she came to see me because she was, was contemplating quitting her job and she was depressed. Well, why are you depressed? Because I got a bad review at work. Oh, did you get a lot of bad reviews? Nope, just one. Well, what was in it? Well, they said that I'm I'm late too often. Well, are you? Yeah, but it's hard to be there at 7 a.m. Oh, yeah. And she never came back because I was like, but if you're late, that's a that's an either or. Either you're on time or you're not. But I guarantee you, in talking with her, she had never developed the muscle of you got to hear things that you don't like. For as much as I rail against sports, when they're done right, that's the best gift they give participants. Because you can try your best and still fail. You can get feedback that you don't like. People just don't want to do that. Anymore. And that's, we're struggling as a society. And look, it's not just stuff like this. Like I have, we have a friend that would post stuff on social media. And then if anybody disagreed with him, he would just delete it. Just gone. And then he'd come back. And then he'd delete and then go back. You have to engage ideas that you disagree with. Not all the time, but it should be a regular part of your practice just for good mental health so that you can build that muscle. And top your brain. Not Well, that's what I'm saying. When engage, I say that muscle, yeah. I mean your brain. Don't keep from getting dementia later in life. So maybe, look at that. We help people. Maybe. That re- research looks a little sketchy to me. When you look at the numbers, did yeah. you look at the sample size? The one study I looked at, the one study I looked at when Bob gave me the paper, mm-hmm. the sample size was less than 100. Oh, that's And I good. was like, whoa, that's a really small size. I even pointed out, that's a small sample size. Well, I'll have to look it up again. There you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for listening. Listen, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with three of your friends. You can put it up on Facebook, send it to two other people. There's your three friends. We find value as humans when we share things with people that we that we find valuable for ourselves and we just give it to them. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, joe at joemartino.com. Please put podcast in the subject line. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.